James Bond. James Bond. You're a wizard, Harry. I drink your milkshake. You can't handle the truth. You got tearing me apart, Lisa. Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Movie Mafia Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Trout, and I'm joined again by Carter and Max. It's the boys episode here. Gabby and Lauren couldn't make it, unfortunately. We'll have them back next week. But for now, we got the all boys podcast. Yeah. Guys, how's it going? What are you guys up to? Pretty good. Uh, I've been working a lot. Looking forward to going back to campus, watching a lot of content this week. Last two weeks, we had a whole bunch of stuff come out. So Yep. Same thing, just going to the movies a bunch, and literally next week it gets another two movies I have to go see in theaters, so like, just busy, so much stuff out there to watch. Absolutely, absolutely, and you guys know, you know, we talked about this a little bit before um, when we're off air, but I am graduated, so, you know, I'm gone, but I will be coming down in spurts around Temple. Um, Max, I know you're going to be down there, and Carter, you're going to be down there too, right? So I'm yep. gonna be I'm gonna have some time to hang out with you guys. We are a hundred percent gonna keep going to movies this year, um, yes. guaranteed. So stay tuned for that. That will absolutely be happening. But um, yeah. with that being said, you guys are right. We do have a jam-packed episode with tons of stuff to talk about, and I think we should just lead, uh, you know, start off here with the most important news, which is absolutely the Loki finale. So it was a six-episode mm-hmm. series. Obviously, it's concluded now with the sixth and final episode. And what were your guys' you know, first reactions to this episode? I, I love the episode. I think it's probably the best episode of the show, in my opinion, so far. Uh, I know a lot – I'm actually shocked about how mixed it was with a lot of people. I totally get it because I was literally watching it, and I was like, people are not going to like this because it's very much talking. It's not a lot of action going on. It's a lot of talking. But I think what made the show great – or this episode great was that – when you have 45 minutes, right, to talk about it, you don't have to waste time in Spider-Man and Doctor Strange talking about the multiverse. It can just happen. You can just go into the action. So I know some people are disappointed that the episode was very talky, but I actually liked it because Jonathan Majors became the best part of the entire series so far as Kang, and his performance was so mesmerizing to watch him do all these different types of motions, and he just kept the episode more interesting because he's his performance is so electrifying as, as this other variant or the nice version, I guess, of Kang. Um, and they really set up that he's kind of the next Thanos for the MCU, really. He's going to be sprinkled out all these movies. And it's not like Thanos who just showed up in two post-credit scenes and it's just his movie. He's going to be main factors and it feels like a lot of movies down the road. Yeah, 100%. You know, one thing I thought about, I was definitely getting a vibe like, are they setting up the next main Avengers villain here? Um, Mm -hmm. but one of the things I thought about is how long can they keep doing this? You know, like we thought Thanos was like the most powerful being in the universe. And now Mm -hmm. it's like, is, is it Kang now? You know, how many most powerful beings in the universe can there be before it's just like, you know, like, um, it just gets a little bit watered down. You know, I'm still really, I thought he was a really good character and I'm super excited for the future of the MCU and I'm super excited to see him in a movie fighting the Avengers, you know, whatever it might be. I'm excited for it. Don't get me wrong. But Mm -hmm. all I can think about is when they fight, when they fight him and beat this guy, you know, how are they going to top that? You know, and and each time it's just going to get harder and harder and it's, they're just going to have to water down their storylines more and depower characters, you know, because every time, some uh, every time the Avengers beat 
Thanos or the Avengers beat whoever, they have to get stronger in order to overcome him. So when do you get to a point where you can't keep getting them, you know, more and more um, strong? I, I don't know. I, I just think it's um it's a recipe. But I think this shows though. The difference between I guess I said Thanos earlier is that they're taking their time with Kang. He's not he's not just gonna be like Ant Man. He's cast, but he's not he. They're gonna sprinkle him out for years. Like this is a character who's gonna be around for many years to come. Yeah. And this is also you know he's gonna be sprinkled in. He's not gonna be the main villain of multiple movies. He's just gonna be sprinkled in like he's in the background because he's really running the multiverse at the moment. Kang the Conqueror, as we learned at the end of the episode, is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Carter, I wanted to ask you a question. What did What's you? Up? What do you think about the idea of setting up? I, I Max touched on this a little earlier, but setting up um, Kang to be in, and, and and also just like not just him, but also the multiverse kind of idea at the end of Loki. Setting that up, it seems like for the next Spider-Man movie, for Spider-Man Three. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about that? Because on one hand, they're getting it out of the way and they're setting it up so you can jump right into you know the meat of the storyline and the action in, in Spider-Man Three, which is awesome. But on the other hand, you're gonna have plenty of people who only watch movies or only watch mm-hmm. Spider-Man movies that are yeah. definitely not watching a TV show, especially they would say a TV show about a dead character. You know, to me. I love that. I love the TV show. Love Loki. It was incredibly interested. But I know there's going to be plenty of people who are only watching one or the other. And, you know, so are they going to lose a lot of people with their storyline? You know, is is this movie going to become less – is Spider-Man 3 going to become less of its own movie and more of a continuation? You know, what do you think about that? I mean, it's a fair point to bring up for sure that, like, I, it's it definitely that there's going to be plenty of people watching the movies that aren't going to care to sit through the TV show. I think really what's just going to happen is that this is like our explanation in like full, like this is us getting the complete 100% picture, like immediately just, we know what's going on. And then in multiverse of madness and Spider-Man three there, it'll be just like brief, like, uh, because remember like everything we learned, like I'm, I'm sure the TVA, I'm just like guessing right now, I'm guessing the TVA won't even be mentioned in either one of the movies because nobody else knows about the TVA. Maybe a multiverse of madness just because now there's rumors about Loki being in the movie. So the TVA might be brought up at that point. I doubt we're going to see it in either one of the movies. I doubt it'll be mentioned in Spider-Man. Maybe it'll be mentioned in Doctor Strange. No idea. But at that point, you think like half of what we learned in this episode, maybe not half, but a lot of what we learned was just things that have to do with the TVA. And what uh, Kang has been doing behind the scenes with the TVA. All we need to know is that something happened with the multiverse. Realities are like splitting. And they're going to have to deal with it. Spider-Man's story has nothing to do with Kang and everything we learned in this episode. So from (laughs) the perspective of that movie, like we don't need to know the complete picture. We just need to know the part that involves Spider-Man. And all that involves Spider-Man is that the multiverse is cracking up. I mean, we really don't even know that yet. We're, we're guessing it. I mean, kind of we do because Alfred Molina has been uh, confirmed and so has Jamie Foxx. So, yeah, I guess. But I don't know. I, I don't think it'll I don't think anybody's really going to be bothered by it. I think the people who aren't willing to watch the TV shows are going to be willing to accept like, oh, the multiverse is cracking up. Yeah, sure. That's fine. Fair enough. I do also I also also want to bring up and I, I, I'm not sure if we're going to talk about spoilers for Black Widow, but I'll just give a hint that if you the TV, a TV show so far directly connects to the black widow post-credit scene so they clearly 
that entire post credit scene is based off of one TV show, and that post credit scene is setting up another TV show, not a movie. So yeah. I feel like, and Evan Feige, and also What If is coming out in a month, and that's supposed to also set up other installments. Like that actually is supposed to connect to the overall universe. I do think that Feige's goal is to make everything connect. I don't think everything's going to be mentioned. I think that, I do think the TVA, well, I wonder if the TVA is even dissolved now after this, because we don't know how many universe, this depends as well. So I think everything's going to connect and everything's going to be mentioned. And they're betting on people doing both, which I think is a really unique idea for a cinematic universe. Agreed. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, overall, I, I do want to ask you guys, I think I already know the answer to this, but I still want to ask yeah. you guys, for the both of you, where, after seeing all of Loki now, where do you stack it up as compared to the other two shows, obviously Falcon, the Winter Soldier, and WandaVision? Uh, it's easy for me, honestly. Well, not easy because, it, okay, Loki's at the top is the easy part. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure most people are on board with that. Like, I feel like the, the general consensus is that Loki's the best out of the three. For me, honestly, though, Falcon and the Winter, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision are like a toss-up for me. Like, I don't know. I enjoyed both of them, but neither one of them is something I'm, like, eager to rewatch. Loki's 100% something that, like, I can definitely see myself rewatching it before, like, definitely before season two of Loki and maybe before Multiverse of Madness, in case anything ties in with that. To me... I personally... Oh, yeah, you got it, Jacob. You got it. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, to me, the I, I'm right there with you. You know, WandaVision and, and uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier are such a toss-up. For me, the beginning of WandaVision, each episode, you know, what is going on? What's yep. happening? You know, yep. I loved that. Very, yeah, it very was great. Good. But then the end, I don't think they ended it great. Yeah. I, I wasn't in, in love with the ending of it and i thought it was okay like it kind of just it sprinted off and then just it start, yep. started sprinting and then kind of just walked off the ending like it I wasn't totally horrific it was just yeah. it was just like uh, okay and then falcon and the winter soldier i personally did not like it at all the first like two three episodes like i was just like mm. i was uh, to me, me me personally i was bored i thought the action was very lame uh, i don't think the i don't think the story was interesting like I, I just was not on board at all like they started to do flag smasher stuff in the beginning i just was not feeling it but once they started getting to the back half of the uh, the season and they started introducing um I, I can't remember what the the guy's name was um the the first super soldier what was his name again oh um yeah 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 isaiah I, uh, isaiah uh, i'm trying to think i know carl lumley's character i know who you're talking yeah, about yeah it's isaiah yeah. something right um yeah isaiah yeah. bradley Bra bradley isaiah bradley yeah, yeah bradley that's right so yeah. i once that's they introduced right. isaiah bradley's character complete turn for me like Isaiah's uh, once they introduced his character and then they started getting into more of John Walker being like a, you know a bad guy um, you know really embracing it they kind of just like hinted at it and were teasing it but once they really embraced it um, that was great and then obviously when the whole montage in the last like episode or two the whole montage with, with Sam's character kind of turning into from from Falcon to this Captain America um, a little bit there like I thought that was awesome so for me. It's like the WandaVision, the beginning is good, but the ending, not so much. Mm -hmm. And then, again, Falcon and Winter Soldier, the beginning, not so much. But the end, I really liked. So, for, it's a toss-up. Yeah, I'll, for me, it's different. Because, I first of all, Loki is number one for me. But I did love WandaVision all the way through. Um, I thought the reason why I did is because it swung for the biggest, you know, it really went for it. More than anything they've ever done before. That includes Loki. They went for something totally different. And it felt so unique. It's fresh that 
a superhero show could be this because even though Loki for me is still the best, it still feels like a superhero led or super villain, whatever it is, led show. That's how it's great about WandaVision that it didn't feel like that for, I would say, the first six episodes. The last two episodes are very much a, a superhero, third, you know, superhero action scenes are happening. But I love that the first six episodes were very much a TV show, not just like you're watching a yeah. superhero do stuff. It was a TV show. So, but I would do Loki 1, um, WandaVision 2, and Falcon Winter Soldier 3. And I, I think Falcon Winter Soldier is good, not great. It could have been a lot better. Yeah, but Loki, Loki for me still just hit it out of the park with um, this the, the finale too with the Mobius and learning that Ravonna Renslayer was a principal at a school and all of those reveals I thought were really cool. And the fact that we end the se- season with Loki realizing being so sad that he couldn't trust someone that someone, you know, this, whatever you call it, um, what do you call it? Like broke his heart or something, as you say, yeah. like, like Sylvie, like he's always been the God of mischief and he's always been dumping people left and right. But when he finally gets let go by someone, you can, that's why it really hit me emotionally is because he's like, wow, I've been doing this to people forever. Yeah. And this is how it's like being on the other side of that. When he was just sitting yeah. there, like when he was just sitting there, breathing that was my favorite shot of the entire season so far it was such a beautiful moment yeah yeah not to go off on a tangent but what you were saying about wandavision really got me thinking even though i like loki better i think the viewing experience of wandavision i enjoyed more for like two two big reasons one loki had a bunch of reveals and a bunch of long-term reveals which i guess is more important but, like, the short-term, like, just within the series reveals that WandaVision had, like, mm-hmm. the conversation, for all the Marvel shows, the, con- the conversation has been huge. But WandaVision was insane. Like, everybody was talking about WandaVision all the time, and yeah. everybody was trying to figure out what was going to happen next. And it was so much fun being part of that. And then the other reason is that WandaVision, after the shithole year that 2020 was, was, like, the first Marvel thing we've gotten since yes. Far From Home. And it just felt, and and like Max said, it was fresh. It was something totally unique, something they would never have done in a movie. And that's also why Falcon and the Winter Soldier doesn't work as well, because it's 100% just your, it's not really generic, but it's your like formula, like Marvel story. It's just superheroes. And WandaVision did something totally different. Loki did something pretty, like very, oh, definitely very different, but not as different as WandaVision. I want to bring up a point too about people talking about, because I've heard complaints, clear, I mean, clear complaints from people who didn't like the WandaVision finale and people who don't like, there's a lot of people who didn't like the Loki finale. And I'm confused too for people who don't like both because I, as someone who, I didn't really love the, the WandaVision finale, but I didn't hate the WandaVision finale. I was still enjoying myself watching what was going on. I loved the Loki finale. They're really two sides. Like for people who hated the WandaVision finale, I would think they would love the Loki finale and the vice versa because- WandaVision's finale is very much a Marvel Cinematic Universe third act where the superhero action going on and that stuff. And then the Loki finale is very much talking. So I kind of get the point if you, if I don't get people who hate both. I don't know if, if people have been talking about that online. Do you guys think that's, I'm also just dumbfounded by that. I mean, I, I think it's something you can kind of get behind. I definitely don't think it's as black and white as it is. Um, but I mean, personally, like, yeah, I did like the more dialogue-based finale, sort of just, mm-hmm. like, explaining everything. And also, ju- look, if you're going to do something dialogue-based, you need to have interesting characters. The and they couldn't have picked... 
Yeah, and exactly, yeah. And they couldn't have picked two better characters than Tom Hiddleston as Loki and Jonathan Majors as Kang. Jonathan Majors knocked it out of the park. Loki already has a bunch of fans' attention. It was just, like, the perfect mix for, like, a nice, like, slow reveal. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, maybe WandaVision could have gone for something more different. I definitely think it's weird to, like Max said, and me too, and I'm sure um, Jacob, oh my gosh, it's blanked on your name, agrees. It's weird that WandaVision started off as something totally different. It's like, look, it's this TV sitcom show, and then like slowly it just like faded into just being a Marvel movie and just being a superhero. Yeah. Like that's why I really didn't like the ending. The last two episodes of WandaVision felt so different from the first six. Like, yeah, I don't know. totally. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. I did want to also ask you guys to piggyback on top of that. What do you think now that we've seen these three shows um, from Disney Plus? What do you think about our future shows? Shows, obviously, we know what if, what if is going to be coming soon, and then you know any other shows that decide to go into you know after that. Um, it looks Hawkeye. like there's good, well, yep. right, right. There's there's we have the Hawkeye show, of course, and then we also have Loki's going to be coming back for season two. We know yep. that. Yep. Um, I don't it's know. Marvel. I don't know what the future of Falcon and the Winter Soldier is or WandaVision, if those are contained series or if they're going to expand on those. It was. I'll but, say that. For Falcon Winter Soldier, for the Emmys, it did go for drama series, not limited series. So that's how you know WandaVision's done. Because they, done. They, okay. they got nominated for all the limited series stuff, which means they went for limited series, which means they're done after. But, but Falcon Winter Soldier did go for drama. So I assume that, which means it's an overall series. So I wonder mm -hmm. if they, they haven't announced the season two yet, but because they went for drama, I assume they're going for a season two. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, sorry, not, not to butt in. This is just like a minute thing. I feel like if they were going to do season two, they wouldn't be doing captain America four. I don't know. I know. I mean, I maybe they would, it, it would just, it would just seem kind of weird because what, what if it, okay. Just, just like quick thing. It'd just be weird to me if like chronologically things went season one of Falcon and the winter soldier, captain America four, Season two of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So maybe if they did more seasons before Cap Four comes out, that would make yeah. more sense. Because to me, like someone watching it in hindsight, because these like people are still going to be watching these for the first time as time goes on. New fans are still going to be keep coming in. So it'd be weird if the way you'd have to watch it would be okay. Watch the first season of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, then Captain America for them the second season. It just, yeah, super know, confusing. That wouldn't work for me. I, I did want to uh, comment. I, like I did want to comment on our chat real quick. Yulia said in our chat, "Sylvie is dumb. The ending could have been better if she cooperated." Oh, no. Goes, no. No, no. But Sylvie's arc, I thought, was one of the best parts of the episode. Yeah. Because the reason why she just kept trying to kill him is because in front of him, in front of her, sorry is the person who took his, her life away from her. Yep. And he, and he's up there laughing and bleed, mm -hmm. and he really is untouchable and he has all this power and he knows everything that's going to happen and the only thing she wants to do is kill him the whole episode. Yep. And you can feel that, the tension from her yep. like in the elevator and he's just joking around and all of this stuff and you're like and she, and you can feel that she's so mad and pissed off that she can't kill him, and then she finally gets the chance to, and she does. I feel like that was one of my favorite parts of the episode. Yep. Sylvie, Sylvie's, like, regret, like, pain of just sitting there, listening to this guy talk, even though she, she you know, he took his, her life from her. Yeah, it's definitely a yeah. frustrating thing to watch, though, because I think most of the fans of the show, I mean, obviously, it's, a, it's Loki, so everyone is, you know, rooting for the most part for Loki. So, I think, 
you know, you, you want to see him find love, you know, you want to see him see what he's looking, find, get what he's looking yeah. for. And, um, it, it's, it's a little sad to see him put all his cards out on the table, seem for a second, like he's going to get exactly. what he wants and then ripped away. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. And it was amazing, amazing to watch, but it's, it's a little, it's a little sad and frustrating in a way. Yeah. I yeah. can't I wait for season two. But I Absolutely. love how frustrating it is. You're like, of course, go be kissed, like stay yeah. together. But like, but lovely. You have to remember they're Lokis. They're not. Yeah. You have to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. But I, I did want to cycle back real quick to what I was asking earlier. Um, yeah. So with our new shows, the our, the only shows that we have confirmed, I believe, are the Hawkeye TV show and the What If show. Is that is that correct? She Hulk. No. She Hulk. Oh, she Hulk. Right. Marvel. Wait. Oh, is that confirmed? Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. they, they're Wars. shooting. They've been shooting for oh, okay. a while. Yeah, I forgot. I totally Armor forgot Wars. about She-Hulk. Armor mm-hmm. Wars, Secret Invasion. Those wow. are all yep. shows coming out. There's a yeah. bunch confirmed. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And wow. Hawkeye and Miss Marvel are expected by the end of this year. I doubt that's gonna Hawkeye's happen. Hawkeye's the fall. But right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hawkeye's they're the both fall. posted. They're both posted for like late 2021. Well, well, let me ask you guys then. So, yeah. With, with with a couple of those shows, how do you think they're gonna fit in? What are you expecting? to be really good, do you think any of these shows are going to be better than Loki? Or do you think Loki's <laughs> going to stay at the top? Or do you think any of these are gonna, are kind of going to shift towards the bottom? Before I say something, can we, is this spoilers for Black Widow? Because it's the only way I'm going to talk about a Yeah, show exactly. exactly. Yeah, we, can, we can spoil Black Widow, yeah. Okay, so spoilers for Black Widow post-credits scene. I am pumped. Like, yeah. legitimately super pumped for Black Widow. I mean, for Hawkeye, because Yelena is going to be after Hawkeye and Kate Bishop. And I was literally telling Carter, like, I texted him, like, I can't wait for Florence Pugh to fight Haley Steinfeld, like, right now. Like, take my money now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm literally freaking out that Yelena is going to be the antagonist, I guess. She won't be the villain, quote-unquote, because you know her your, her story from Black Widow. But you'll, she's, it's going to be so fascinating that she's coming from an angle of, this is the person who killed my sister. And then you're going to Hawkeye, who's like, like, there's a lot of great stuff they can do, action-wise, too. Yeah. with with black with, with hawkeye for yeah, sure definitely i back, back to what jacob was talking about though like if i think any of them will outdo it, it again it's hard to say because we don't know anything about uh miss marvel and we know just a little bit about hawkeye so yeah going going back to before we knew anything about these three shows like my thoughts then we, we kind of knew what wandavision was going to be about we didn't really know anything about falcon and the Winter soldier and we knew nothing, nothing about loki, about loki. And if you would have asked me then which ones I thought would be the best, I would have said WandaVision, Falcon, the Winter Soldier, Loki. And it's yeah. pretty much flipped on its head now because wow. we got to see what happens. So I don't know. If I had to guess, I'm going to say that the one that's going to struggle the most and probably be the most controversial and maybe the most disliked is going to be Miss Marvel just because it's a character we haven't met at all. They're going yeah. to need to introduce this new character, try to get people to like them. And like it's, it's a touchy thing. But look, Marvel and Star Wars fans typically don't react well to child characters. Mrs. Marvel, Miss Marvel's not really a child, but I'm pretty sure she's like 15, 16, 17, like around that. Right. Not yeah. to say that I, not, not to say that I don't have confidence in the show. I'm sure it'll be fine at least, but it's definitely gonna be the one that has like the hardest time trying to like pull people in. Maybe not pull people in, but keep like the majority of the fan base satisfied. Yeah, I, I agree. agree too, because like. For example, like Hawkeye, when you just they just announced, it's like I'm not sure. Let's just do a scene. Like I, he was my favorite part of Endgame, but I'm not super pumped. And then it was like Haley Steinfeld's Kate Bishop. I was like, all right, now I'm really into it. Then 
the Black Widow. So they have to build too on, on, on a lot of these things, like trailers, yeah. castings, all this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to get into a Black Widow review in a little bit, but just yeah. so I, I don't want to go into a whole discussion about it just yet, but I do want to say I am, I'm really excited for all the future Marvel TV shows. I'm going to watch everything, of course. Um, yeah. But I, I do agree uh, with Carter. I do think that the Miss Marvel show is the most likely to be the most disliked. I think mm-hmm. I, I I don't know if I would put it below Falcon and the Winter Soldier or something like that because I kind of feel like that's that's at the bottom of my list personally right now. But I think it's it's the most likely to be there if there was going to be yeah. one there. Um, I am actually I'm excited for all the shows. I'm excited for the Hawkeye TV series, but I am not like I knew Loki was going to be the best show when all these shows were announced. I, before before we knew anything about it, when we were watching WandaVision, I remember thinking Loki's going to be better. And um, I, I also I also think Loki's gonna be better than anything else they're gonna come out with. I think What If is gonna be really cool and it's gonna be really unique, but I don't mm-hmm. think it's gonna be spectacular. I think it's just gonna be really off yeah. the wall and really cool and, and just unique, which is awesome. Yeah. And then I think Hawkeye is gonna be consistent and really good, but um, personally, Loki, in my opinion, is by far the best character that's been in any of these shows. Like any of the shows, I, I, in my in my personal opinion, I think Loki is the deepest, most interesting. You can do the most with him, and and my in my opinion, the most entertaining to watch. And from every character that's going to be in a TV show that has already been or will be from here on out. So like, I I think that's what I think he's going to stay at the top. And I think the biggest limitation to Hawkeye is that I don't think he's that cool of a like I don't think he's that interesting of a character. And he's going to be well, some good also, interesting storylines, but you know. As you said, let's backtrack right before these three shows came out. Wanda, Vision, Falcon, right? Those are not big characters in the like in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? Yep. What I was what I would say was these are a lot of side characters, right? Like exact, especially Wanda, Vision, and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Those are very much side characters, the Avengers. I would stop. I don't want to assume anything about the shows yet because I think these characters are getting their own shows for a reason, like especially Hawkeye, right? Hawkeye was clearly a supporting cast on the Avengers. Let's see what he can do as the main character. He could be a lot, very interesting, just like these other characters. So what I would say is, I agree with you on paper right now, you can say that. But I think mm-hmm. if you look back at these three shows, they're all side characters getting their own shows. So Definitely. I do feel like, so I do feel like putting them in a TV show makes them even more interesting characters, which makes yep. the shows great. It's a lot easier to develop characters in TV than it is in movies. That's why these smaller exactly. characters are getting the series so that they can be developed and then be bigger characters in general. So when you see them in the movies, you're just as excited to see Wanda as you are to see someone like Captain America. Yeah. 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 I, I think I'm right there with you. It makes complete sense. I, I wouldn't see the need for like a TV show for Thor. You know, like obviously yeah. such a developed exactly. character or three movies been in plenty of the, the Avengers movies. Yep. So that doesn't make any sense. So I think it's perfect to have these characters, uh, like the more side uh-huh. characters and TV shows develop them. I just think out of all of them, Loki is the most interesting one or the most developed, the sure. most of the most developed because he was in the Avengers. Yeah. So and the Thor movies. So therefore, like, I think there's the most you can do with him. He's the most fleshed out. So you can spend the most developing plot and storyline. Um, and you don't have to, you don't have to start brand new on his character, but, um, that's why Hawkeye is going to be exciting because you already have Hawkeye's always in all the movies. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Yelena pretty, pretty well. The only character they're really developing is Kate Bishop, which makes it that there's going to be so much action in that show. 
There's so mm -hmm. much action. There's not going to be developing as many characters. They're just going to go probably right into the action, which is why I'm just over the moon for the show. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. Well, um, with that being said, I do want to jump into some of the Black Widow stuff real quick. So, um, Black Widow review, we talked about it a little bit off air, you know, where do you guys have your rough ranking for this movie? In the MCU? Yeah. Oh, I haven't uh, even thought about that, I honestly. Have, I, have, I have my list, let me just pull it up as you guys are talking about that. That's okay. something I need to think about. We could come back to this, okay. I mean, maybe next week if we really want to, we don't need to. Yeah, because I didn't even think about that, honestly. It's my number 16 of 24. It wow. is my currently my number sixteen. Well, what um, what is the one above it, and what's the one below it? The one above it is in my list is Age of Ultron. It's my number fifteen, and then my number seventeen is Captain Marvel, as of now. So I think yeah, that's where I have it right now. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, I I think I think you just inspired me, Max. I I kind of I didn't realize you had a whole list like on hand like that. Yeah. We are definitely gonna have to make a whole episode a just gear dark our whole list. This, this is happening. It's coming. I guarantee you guys. Yeah. Stay tuned for that. It's gonna happen. But, I have all my lists, all the franchises. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. got it. We got to do that. 100%. <laughs> but um, but with that being said, um, I don't have like a whole list for it, but I I agree with that. I do agree. It's definitely better than than Captain Marvel. I'm right there with you. Um, I I I go both ways on this. Like in terms of just like a review, I I kind of you know we talked about this a little bit before. I kind of have it like a sixty percent. You know, is where I kind of give it. You know, like like a like a three out of five. You know, like I um yeah. I, I I'm I liked the movie. Um, one of the little notes I wrote down for it when I was watching it was you know it's a good it's a solid movie. Um, but there's way too much of like the mission and not a much as much of their childhood. I loved watching the beginning part of that movie where you can have an idea of the background for Black Widow's character. I mean, if you remember, um, if I remember correctly, we didn't see any of Black Widow um, until, what was Iron Man 2? Did That, that, two. that yeah. came out before the Avengers movie. Yeah, so we saw it for like yeah. a, a couple minutes or whatever in Iron Man 2, but not really pretty... so much in action. No, she was in that movie. But she didn't have any action, though, I don't believe. I yes, can't remember. Did. Oh, yes, she where where did she fight? Did. Man, that was, that was the movie against Whiplash, right? Man too. Oh, not for a no, while. That... Whiplash. He's well, yeah, Whiplash was kind of that, that was that was the Whiplash. Whiplash. Yeah, Whiplash and, and uh, Justin, Justin Hammer. Hammer. Yeah, like yeah. that's like the worst Iron Man movie. No, right. She was his secretary, right? I don't know. That's absolutely the worst Iron Man movie. Iron Man One is amazing, and Iron Man Three is like okay. Yeah, exactly. That's the movie where he takes the suitcase and puts it on him, right? Yeah, I enjoy Iron Man Two more than Iron Man Three personally. Oh, I don't. That's it's not no, it's not that much of a difference. Like it's not Iron like Man it's like 2 way better. Is an F, I and Iron Man. No, personally, I just I just had more fun watching. No. Is but, but the, with the ending scene though, but the ending scene where he's getting all the suits on him and he's like. Okay, no, yeah, that's cool, but she's not. I, she's not. She is in the movie though. Like she's in yeah. the movie. She's right. But, yeah, but but movie. if she is, she's his secretary, right? And no, which she's his she fake secretary does. for a little bit, and then she's right. No, she's, that that was the whole thing, she's and, then, and then she's like she she's like, but she it's revealed that she's actually working with Fury, and then she helps yeah. him take the stuff to like inoculate yeah. him or whatever from like the the whole like uh disease that's like corrupting him from his like um his chest yeah. thing. But she's in but she's in action scenes, like she fights yeah. someone in the really. She fights. Yeah, she goes to the facility she with, happy, with, with Remember, she's with she's with happy. Yeah, but that's in the, in the boxing arena. Like, like that's not. No, no, but she's with happy in the car. She's undressing, and he's like, oh, I gotta look at, straight at the road. And then they go to the the place, and she beats up the guards who are oh. like she goes to 
Yeah, that's okay. a whole scene. That's that's in the trailer. Like, do you know in the Black Widow trailer where um, Taskmaster is looking at the video? And in the movie, oh. it's him looking at footage of right. the Avengers. But in the trailer, it shows Taskmaster looking at the fight scene from Black Widow and Iron Man 2. Okay. Well, fair yeah. enough. I'll, 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 I'll take your guys' word for that. I haven't watched Iron Man 2 in a long time. I It's like one of the worst movies in the MCU, in my opinion. But that being said, um, I do re- I do remember her in the movie. I don't really remember her that much in the movie. But sure. there definitely wasn't – even if she, I, even if she did spend a quite a bit of time on uh, camera in that movie, I don't think – there wasn't really much story for her. Like, there wasn't much plot. I don't remember any backstory. They never gave anything about her. You know, she was just there and, like, doing stuff and, like, kicking ass. Yeah. So um, – and then the next time we saw her was in 2012 for the Avengers movie. And, you know, yeah. out of all the Avengers characters, she was one of, like, the least developed Avengers characters on that, you know, in that grouping in that film. I remember she had a little bit of development with uh, and with Hulk. They were like that that she went out and found Hulk and they had a little bit of conversations with that. And then other than that, it was kind of just her conversations with Hawkeye um, when he was uh, when he was mind controlled and then like, you know, them bantering back and forth. And then her famous moment with Loki um, when Loki, he was trapped. Lo- yeah. Loki does bring up in that scene. If you rewatch that scene, yep, Loki I, says Drakov's daughter in the scene. Yep, so yep. they and that has read in the ledger. So this is, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, totally which, that's which awesome. is one thing I didn't know until after I saw the movie because yeah, the, when when I, when I was talking with Max about Black Widow after we saw it, the one thing I said I was like, it's really weird to have like this reveal for Taskma- Taskmaster as this character. It's supposed to be this huge moment who Taskmaster is. But I was like, yeah. I don't really care because we just got introduced to this character an hour earlier in the movie. It doesn't make it a good reveal in my opinion, but it definitely is really cool that it was set up way back in 2012. That's insane to me. This movie that came out nine years ago, this tiny line of dialogue that nobody's thought about, nobody even realizes when they're watching the movie actually got a nice little payoff in this movie. Yeah, I, think that's yeah, really cool. I agree. That's awesome. Very good. It's a very good line. Yeah. I, I do – my biggest criticism for this movie was that I didn't like when it came out. Like I, I would have loved if this came out after Civil War yep, personally. Exactly. It would have made yep. her death much better in Endgame, yep. much better. Uh, yep. And then, and then Hawkeye fun. should be coming out you know, like when, when this movie came out. If you, if you kind of reverse that, you know, if you kind of – like I, if, I would love – for that Hawkeye TV series to have been coming out like when this movie was coming out or like, you know, around this time. Mm-hmm. I know that's coming out before the end of the year, mm-hmm. but personally, I would have loved that because I would have like, I, I would have loved because now we, now we have the movie have just came out and we have the storyline with Yelena coming out and now like that's teeing up him or her going after Hawkeye. No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't because this takes, because Yelena going after Hawkeye is all because of Endgame. So yeah. if you place this right after Black Widow. Oh yeah, you're right. You're, you're right. You're right. You're right. Because that end credit scene takes place way later. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You wouldn't be getting it. I, yeah. I guess I wouldn't. Know, I wouldn't know where to do with that. End, that that end credit scene would have to be put into something else. I wouldn't know did, what to do with I that. I did say that end credit scene was supposed to be in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. Because that was supposed to come out before Black. That was supposed to come out yep. um, before Black Widow, but that didn't happen. Yep. So they moved right. it to Black to be Black Widow's post credit scene. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Um, well, I, yeah, you'd have to move around the post credit scene, but still personally, I think this movie would have been, would have enhanced sure. her death in Endgame yeah, a lot more. Definitely. And now it's yeah. kind of just like, okay, you know, yeah. whatever, yeah. you know, there's, but, but, there's very minimal stakes. 
Yeah. So, so that was my biggest criticism. I did think it was an enjoyable movie. I mean, the banter back and forth. Like, I thought the chemistry yeah. worked well. You know, I, I thought in general the acting was okay. Um, I, I, it was it was a fun movie. It was a cute movie. There was a lot of cute little moments with the family. There was also some there was also some sad moments, like some deeper context onto some stuff, some stuff that like, you know, if 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 you have uh, family problems, you know, in your life, I think it's yeah. kind of relatable. Um, mm-hmm. And that kind of enhances the viewing experience a little bit, I think. Um, oh, I I, uh, I wasn't like Wait, like Carter kind of said. Did no. you watch it in theaters? No, you watch on Disney Plus. Yes. Okay, because I know Carter and I both watched it Thursday night in a packed theater on IMAX. Yeah. So different experiences. Uh, I'm just trying to bring that up. I oh yeah, fair, de- definitely, definitely. Um, but that's why I kind of had more fun with it, maybe because. And I really thought Carter is once the Marvel intro starts happening, my whole theater clapped. I had the yeah. confused thumbs. Like I was, I was in. Like I was like, there, oh my god, the yeah. Marvel movie in IMAX. Yeah. Like this is the best. Yeah, yeah. There, there was no clapping in my theater, but like genuinely, when I heard just the first second of the Marvel intro, like I, yeah. I like I just got like honestly chills, and in my head, I'm just like, holy shit, I'm watching a Marvel movie, a new Marvel yes. movie. Yeah. It, it was just yeah. such a good feeling. The last time yeah. I vividly remember feeling like that was even before, like, Far From Home, what was Endgame and yeah. Infinity War. Endgame and Infinity War were the last times I really remember feeling like that. But, yeah. For, yeah. I, I don't know if we're just talking Marvel, but the only other time I felt that was when the Star Wars intro started in The Force Awakens. When I realized yeah. – because, like, I was too young for Revenge of the Sith. I was three years old when Revenge of the Sith came out. Exactly. So I'd never, I've never seen – I had never seen at that point a new Star Wars movie in theaters. And yeah. I'm just used to it being on the TV. And, oh, my – because I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I love yeah. Marvel, but Star Wars is my bread and butter. That is my life. And just, like, that feeling – it's crazy that the movies can make us feel this way. But, God, I, I – I'll do, Yeah. So, about Black Widow, I do have similar-ish issues – uh, with with you with the movie, um, I think the acting is one of the best parts of the movie because they casted amazing actors like Florence Pugh and David Harbour and Rachel Weisz, like fantastic Academy nominated actors, right? In these movies, I love Hopper. I, I can't. I literally told my parents, I was like, it's so ironic that Hopper is playing a Russian in this movie because now in season four he's going to be in Russia, um, which I thought was very ironic. Uh, but he was really funny. I don't think his character had enough to do. And I thought that was a big issue with his character was that I didn't believe in the flashback scenes that he actually cared about the kids. I, I did think that Rachel Vice's character did. Um, but I didn't buy Red Guardian cared about his kids in the in, in, in the flashbacks. I kind of got sold into it once they kept going on in the movie, but not in the flashback. But Florence P was the best part of the entire movie. Um, and they clearly knew that because now she's going to be one of the biggest characters going forward. Um, and she'll be the main, one of the main characters in Hawkeye. She was really good in the movie. The villains were very underwhelming and very disappointing mm-hmm. because Taskmaster, the first scene where she, where, where she fights Black Widow on the, what do you call it? The, the first scene on the bridge. That was fantastic. Yeah. And I was so into it. So I was like, oh my God. So Taskmaster has a thing in her head that she can fight like all the Avengers. What a clever idea for a yeah. villain. What a clever idea. I, I, yeah. And then and then she kind of just isn't in the movie anymore after the tanks fight scene. And you're kind of like, well, where's the the threat, right? Because in a prequel movie especially, you still need to feel like there's a threat going on. Even if you know the character's going to survive, you yep. still need to feel a threat from the villain. 
But the other guy, Drakoff, just feels like an exposition villain who just explains his villainous plan yeah. in front of our character, and that's all he does. So that was underwhelming. But the action scenes were well done, I thought. The, um, I love seeing Scarlett Johansson. Florence Pugh is amazing. Their banter. I was shocked how funny Florence Pugh was. Yeah. Uh, she was very funny and had all the best jokes in the entire movie. Red Guardian was very funny. And I got very, not emotional, I got pretty emotional when Florence Pugh was like, my, this is my real family. When like the, the dinner scene where Black Widow was like, you're fake. This is all fake. Our lives were fake. And then Florence Pugh was like, you're my mom. You're my dad. That was a great, really, the best scene in the entire movie, in my opinion. Yeah, I really felt for I really felt for Elena. But she was really young during all of this stuff compared to Natasha. So the fact that she was like, This is my real family, I thought that was very, very good. Yeah. I the the just for me, it Black Widow, it's got really, really high highs and it really, really low lows, just personally. Like I anytime that we had just a moment between really any of the main four, just like a connect, a connecting moment. Like we, you, you have the scenes with uh, Yelena and Black Widow, like leading up to when they rescue their uh, dad from the okay, uh, yeah. prison, and when they mm-hmm. meet, um, when they meet back up with their mother. I don't, I don't remember the name of the mom. I remember Red Guardian. Anyway, Malena. it doesn't matter. You know what I'm talking, Melena. That's right. So, um. Like, any scene that involved them was great. The bedroom scene with David Arbor and Florence Pugh, great. Mm -hmm. Dinner scene, great. And just all the action just kind of felt boring to me, mostly because we already know when and how Black Widow dies and that she's already going to be dead in Marvel movies going forward. And I I feel like it's kind of an unfair way to look at at a movie. But when you have these movies that are so episodic, really, like Marvel is pretty much a a huge super long TV show. And it just like the way that I kind of see it, it would be weird if they, if you release this TV show and then Mm -hmm. say like a season after a character dies, you just give them a whole, like, like three, four episode arc. And and it doesn't really move anything currently in the season. Like the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, this is like Marvel's return to movies, but it doesn't feel like it's Marvel's return to movies because we're watching something that happened before, way before Infinity War and Endgame. And it just kind of devalues it. It's it's just what Jacob said. If this would have came out after Civil War, it would have been great. It, it, it wouldn't have worked out, obviously, because I if this would have come out before uh, Civil War, Florence Pugh probably would have been in it. David Arbor probably wouldn't have been in it because it was... Maybe he would have because it was straight after Stranger Things came out. Like, it was a year after Stranger Things came out that Civil War yeah. came out. But, like, you wouldn't have the exact same characters, so I doubt it would work as well. This movie wouldn't have worked nearly as well if it wasn't for Florence Pugh and David Arbor. They're easily the best parts of the movie. So, I, I don't know. I do want to bring up a point. I, don't, I want Jacob to piggyback because I know he'll agree with this point, too. <laughs> I don't think it's fair to say that the movie doesn't work as well as because it's a prequel. Because... One of my favorite Star Wars movies, and it's Jake's favorite Star Wars movie, is a prequel. And that movie has a lot of stakes. And even when Anakin and Obi-Wan are fighting on Mustafar, you know that they're going to fight again in, the, in New Hope. But for some reason, it's still intense. You still feel like somewhat, something's going to happen, right? So I still, I want to piggyback and say that it's, it's how you execute a prequel is how, when you feel it. If you feel like you're watching a pre like, Revenge of the Sith would be worked so well because there's still so much stakes because Palpatine is still such a villainous threat and the the two lightsaber battles are so intense, even though you know they're all going to survive those fights. 
that's just that's yeah. just I want to see if Jacob can. Uh, yeah, I, I, to- to I totally agree with that. And the, one of the main reasons for me that works is because Anakin and Obi-Wan were both such fleshed out characters. I mean, that was three movies. I mean, if you don't unless you count the also the original trilogy, like you have all that. They're built up in that, too. But of course, you have it's a cul- it's a culmination of three movies. And then it's the culmination yeah. of that entire movie and their fight scene right there. And that's why it works so well. Um, and, and Black Widow, that movie, take Taskmaster out of that movie. That movie doesn't change. Replace Taskmaster with some other um, mind-controlled widow that like has to attack them that's yep. just more powerful. It, nothing changes. To me, yep. you ruined Taskmaster. Taskmaster shouldn't have his photo- photographic abilities from a device on his headset because you just throw an EMP at him and it's, that's mm-hmm. it. Like, what? Well, what? Like, the Taskmaster has a should be how he normally is in comics and TV shows and other things we've seen him in before. If you watch the animated Spider-Man TV shows, he's in that. You know, other different movies and stuff like that he's in. But um, Taskmaster should just have a photographic memory that's as a person. Like, that can't be stripped away from him. He has a photographic memory. People in real life have photographic memory, memories. He just has that, like, dialed up to 11. However you want to give it, say that he has that, yeah. you know, he has that. And then through those abilities, he becomes a mercenary, a hired gun, a fighter. You can give him whatever backstory you want to give him, but that's what he yeah. has. And then that, uh, that as an ability makes him able to fight all these heroes. Like he should be able, he, he has been able to go toe to toe with Spider-Man and, and defeat him at times, you know? Yep. So like Spider-Man is one of the strongest, you know, heroes in, in the MCU. Like that, that he really should be able to go toe to toe with Spider-Man. I mean, maybe not, maybe not in the MCU, but in in as as a yeah. character. I mean, not this version of the MCU. Like, yeah, you know, this 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 kind of version of the movies, not as much. But like, in Marvel as a whole, Spider-Man is traditionally one of the most, you know, one of the stronger characters. And yeah. the fact that Taskmaster can go head to head with him and compete is awesome. I think he, he's a great villain yeah. and I would love to have seen him explored in Spider-Man movies. And if you're going to have him in this movie, he shouldn't be built up the way he was. Like, there's way too much of an emphasis on him. He should have been like maybe yeah. a hired gun to f- track her. Like Drakov hired yeah. him or something. But, yeah. you know, if, if to me, it's pick, pick a lane here. Is he is he a hired gun that's going to track her down and he's not in the movie for a too 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 much, but he's in there to like track her down and find her and stuff like that. Yeah. Or yeah. is he this whole built up character and he's actually oh my god he's actually Drakov's daughter and whoa this is huge. Then put him in the movie and give him a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. You know like yeah. he feels like he's True. in this movie has a little fight scene and then he's gone, and then he's back in a little bit at the end and then he's gone and then and then um then she takes him out of the prison and then mm-hmm. you know like that, that that's it. Like, I do like, want to say, too. He dies. Like, that, that, story- like what? Yeah. I do want to say, also, story-wise, my biggest story issue with the movie was Melina's sudden turn to be a good guy, like, mm-hmm. with a snap of their finger. It kind of made no sense. Now, I do think there are some clues that people have been pointing out that she is just, that she wanted this whole plan to happen so she could take over. Um, if that sets up down the line, that works. But now, just look at the movie as it is, it doesn't work. As, yeah. a, as a twist if they yeah. said as i said if they set up down the line like melina did all this stuff like they killed like she did all this just to kill drakov that is cool and if they set it up in movies to come that's also cool that is mm-hmm. a fine setup for a movie but if you're just looking at this movie before we even get to those movies it's not a very good twist it makes absolutely no sense after she basically took kids and she has no emotion for that she just cares about her people if you're just looking at it from her, the movie point of view, it's not a good twist at all, and it makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, a couple things with that. That twist would be much better if you just have more time at, at, the, at their childhood. 
You know, like yep. that's what they need for one. Yeah. And you take away these stupid action scenes that just don't work very well, I think. Yep. But but Definitely. but we're, that's one thing. A second thing, I think they wanted that whole reveal where oh they're actually they actually ha- like body swapped or whatever like they swapped like who they were the their identities yeah, the face thing. right right yeah. so if you i think they wanted that that reveal to be they wanted that to work so badly that they made melina so much like set up looking like a villain like the, the audience really believes that she would turn on her and turn her yeah. into drakov like they, they do too good of a job at selling that so when this reveal mm-hmm. comes it's like would she really do that though like like they, yeah. the reveal is so surprising because it doesn't really make any sense. Like you would have never thought exactly. that. So I, I think yeah. they, I think they kind of, they, they dug themselves a hole in a weird way there. But um, I think overall, it seems like all of us are pretty much on the same uh, general I sentiment like for this though. film. I think, I think it's a good movie. Like yeah. I don't think it's like people think it's awful. It's not awful. It's so well made. The locations, by the way, in the movie are crazy good locations, and the movie's great to look at. It has a really good score and well acted. It has Yelena, who's become, I think, one of the best, one of my favorite characters in the MCU. So I just hope, I just hope people. I think we. It's also great because I hope people see it. We 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 need more female-led superhero movies, mm-hmm. and I think Captain Marvel was not very good. And I think for this to be okay or good in our opinions, I think we just got to keep going for more female-led superhero movies as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, with That's that cool. with that being said, I I do want to jump into some Bad Batch. Um, you know, as we're getting, you know, towards the back half of the show here. So Bad Batch, we have episode 11, oh, I think episode 11 and 12, that's been the past two episodes we haven't talked about. So um, I, I, I watched both those episodes today, and honestly, I really liked them. And, and I, I mm-hmm. although I'm really excited, excuse me, I'm really excited for the next episode, the tee-up for Crosshair at the end. Yep. That hey. is what I'm looking for. I mean, in yeah, the making, that, that is what I'm, I'm really excited about. Of course, yeah. we saw the, the hint with, with Hera and Chopper for the Rebels. Yeah. You know, that was awesome. Um, you know, super excited about that. I, I would love to see in the future if they if they tie those two back up together, the two great squads. You know, they're kind of their own squads. Each person has their own role and everything. You know, uh-huh. I think they, they work very well together. Um that, that's awesome to see. Uh, overall, it felt like a part of these episodes were pretty filler, um, you know. But but I did I did really enjoy it. Um, so it, overall, so, I guess. Go ahead. There was so much world building in this episode, and it for me was the best filler episode. Like I couldn't believe how much I was loving this past episode twelve mm-hmm. because not just did the Bad Batch have a run in with Crosshair, which again it was cool seeing them, but. The clone who, who yeah, actually cared about like yep. the like, and other clones agreed with him. It was just so cool to see that this this is maybe why they didn't go to clones anymore because something must have happened where clones actually started going back to their old stuff and maybe yeah. that's why they're stormtroopers and the originals. I just yeah, it was definitely. such a cool cool story thing which added so much more to the episode. I thought definitely yeah they're definitely um, teaming up. Yeah. I uh, yeah. also I mean before I just get into my thoughts on the uh, on the episode I think we should kind of talk about just what like draws the line between a filler episode and an episode that involves a story because to yeah. me today's episode didn't feel like a filler episode at all. We had Great. solid character development, we had interactions between our main antagonist Crosshair and the Bad Batch. It like this episode didn't feel like filler to me at all. It is perfect setup for why 
the Empire is going to allow Crosshair to finally yeah. just pursue the Bad Batch. Which is literally, it's the main thing of the story. This episode is exactly what we've wanted for so long. We've just wanted a reason for Crosshair to just go all in on finding the Bad Batch and getting rid of them. And uh, alongside of that, like, the the whole part where, like, Hunter, he's like, oh, well, there's no reason that we should, like, take on this mission. There's no benefit yep. for us. Like, it, like, all the credits in the galaxy don't mean anything if we're dead. He He's really gotten into this mindset of just surviving and, like, getting through this, like, new phase of, like, the Empire ushering themselves into the galaxy. And Omega's like, no, like, we can't just fight for our own survival. There are innocent people. This is something that, like, needs to be taken care of. And Hunter and the rest of the batch eventually turn around, and then they carry out. And it just... It was Omega's best episode. I thought it was Omega's best episode. Oh, definitely. Yeah. She's really coming to her own. Yeah. When you actually said to the Bad Batch and, you know, the squad from Rebels, I actually just want to see Omega and Hera, because their relationship was so well done in this episode. Um, Yeah, there was just... There's a lot, as you said, but the music, by the way, I didn't... The music was exceptional this episode, but every yeah. time Crosshair came on screen, I was like into it because the music was like so, I was so into it. Like the ending scene where the music comes in mm-hmm. and Crosshair says, I was like, this is going to be the best. Because I got, I don't know if you guys, but I was pumped with the music yeah. of Crosshair yeah. this episode. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, not just this episode in particular, but I'm really noticing that the last, like ever, ever since um, the episode where Cad Bane takes Omega, like, the, the first half of this series, I was like, okay, I'm enjoying this because it's Star Wars, but I'm not, like, super into it. Ever since then, I've just noticed I love, I, not love, but I really enjoy this series just because every time a new episode starts and the Bad Batch logo fades in and then it shows the title of the episode, that little, ta-ta-ta-ta-ta, like that little sound, if you know what I'm talking about, it gets me so excited every single yeah. time. I'm like, this is good. I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm right. I'm right there with you guys. Um, this episode, we've definitely had filler episodes this season, and yeah. I think there, there's a couple ones exactly. that have been really filler. So I don't think this is like that. But the reason I still think, you know, eleven and twelve to some degree have elements that are pretty, you know, filler-like. So the main story, to me, a filler episode is something that doesn't um, contribute to the main story. So I do, I think the main story overarching is about kind of Crosshair and the Bad Batch, and you know, the, there's that story. You have Omega and how she fits in and what's going on with her, and then also the new phase of the Empire, the clones, you know, clones and stormtroopers, the transition between them, you know, what happens to the clones and what happens in this early phase of the Empire. So I think yeah. those things were addressed at times in these episodes, but I also thought there was a, a lot where there was just Ryloth politics and stuff that I was just like, like wasn't really interested in. Like it was, it was okay. It was fine. I enjoy, I enjoy a filler episode. I, you know, I don't think these are filler episodes. I just think they have like, I thought there was a decent, a couple, a decent chunk of the episode that was just like, okay, they're talking about Ryloth. They're talking about like stuff that I'm not really interested in. You know, like this is, this is just, this is away from the main plot parts of it. And then, then other parts, they went right back. That, that, that's my yeah. personal opinion. Don't you I... love Clone Wars though? I think it's yes. kind of so much of Clone Wars is politics, though. Yeah, I, I agreed. Agreed. I, there's a lot of Clone Wars that I love. I, I don't think it being yeah. filler means it's bad. I think they're necessary episodes. Okay. I, I don't, I don't think it means it's bad. I just think yeah. it just to me it's just a distinction. Um, like I, 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 I also want to add, and your point was great too. My favorite part of the show so far is in the world building of the Empire in between three and four. Like mm-hmm. how. What, like it can't just go from Palpatine took over to just 
Every, yep. Everything's the Empire now. Right. They are yeah. really doing a good job each episode explaining what is really going on, the transition between Revenge of the Sith and Rogue One, really. Um, really, really well done. And it makes you think the world building for the show, especially this episode with the clones and how the Empire goes about business, is a, is really been great about the show yeah. so far. Not to jump back too far, but this I, it's a perfect point for me to bring this up because I was thinking about it when we were talking about Black Widow and when you brought up um, why it's not fair to judge Black Widow as a prequel, like why you might not enjoy it because it's a prequel because of the Star Wars prequels. The reason why I think that the Star Wars prequels work, and I'm counting Bad Batch because it's technically a prequel, it takes place before the original trilogy, and why Black Widow doesn't work is that so far, every every Star Wars prequel, anything in Star Wars that's been set before the original trilogy, has some sort of way of explaining why something in the original Star Wars movies or anything after is the way it is. The reason the prequel movies and Revenge of the Sith are so interesting isn't because, like, it's fair to say to a certain point we already know what's going to happen. We don't know exactly how everything's going to happen. And there's smaller things that factor in. There's bigger things that factor into smaller things that we already knew that just major revelations that change so much that just a tiny line in a new hope. I served with your father in the clone wars. We got a whole, we get three movies and a seven season TV show just of the clone wars based off of that line. Just so many new things that tie into things that happened in the future yeah. happened already in previous movies. And that's kind of why black widow doesn't work for me is because yeah, we have some revelations about her as a character, but they're not totally. that huge, and they have no impact, absolutely no impact on anything else in the MCU other than that post-credit scene. True, true. And I, I, I thought that was my issue with Black Widow, that didn't really add anything to her character. Yep. But for Bad Bath, I do want to say, too, it, it's just very... The animation's really also just beautiful to look at. It keeps, it keeps it more engaging. But Crosshair knowing every one of their moves, like how they all, all the transports go out, he's like, no, they're going to come out of this way, it's their mm -hmm. only way out. Yep. They're saving people. The fact that he just, he's always one step ahead of everyone when, when dealing with the bad bats because obviously of his relationship with those people. So even makes it more intense because Crosshair knows every step they're going to make, which just makes it Definitely. even better, as it, which even makes him more of an interesting antagonist. Yeah, that's really an interesting part to me because I would have thought that the Bad Batch team would have adjusted to that and kind of thought like, hey, he knows our moves and stuff. But I, I, I've since gone back on that because I think um, yeah. they probably – the Bad Batch group probably perceives Crosshair as someone who's being mind-controlled. So he's not himself. So they're not yeah. thinking he's he has memories and thoughts about – um, them being a group and a team together, they're probably thinking him more of like as a mindless kind of drone for the Empire. Exactly. So they're not really expecting him to anticipate their moves, you know, if, if that makes sense. Um, that, yeah. Yeah. So. And they showed that each episode. Like, I think it was the episode yeah. where Rex was in it. They were trying to do a plan, and then Crosshair knew exactly where they were going to go in, the, in that ship scene with Rex. When they right. were when they were leaving, that literally is the same scene, except Crosshair catches up to them. Um, I thought that was so interesting, but also how like Crosshair isn't really well liked, I guess, because the first scene he was in, the commander whoever was there was pretty much like not happy with him that they haven't found Harry yet, because that was obviously his mission. Yeah. Was his group would find Harry didn't happen, um, but then once they it's found a clear the clone, hate towards clones. Yeah, clearly. And I think that the fact that now another, this episode of Clone figured something out. Now, I, they would, they have to explain this, how 
this clone and other clones, the other clones agreed with him at the end of the episode, how the Order 66 program, I guess, allows that to happen. I wonder, wonder if, they, if they explain it, maybe not this season, maybe next season, but I would love to know how these clones can go back to their old selves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. That's definitely something I'm interested in. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, did they say, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, how many episodes is this season? 16. 16. So we're, we're so, 12. Yeah. Yeah, so we're at 12, so next is going to be 13. Um, so we're, gonna, I, yeah, four I, more. I, I, I think that if people are sick of filler, get ready for these next four episodes, because judging by the last scene in this, it looks like these yes. next four episodes are just going to be Crosshair in pursuit of the Bad Batch. And it is going to be incredible, and I seriously can't wait. I wanted it's, to it's click next so episode. Good. I wanted to click next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh my god. Yeah. yeah. These next four are going to be huge. Like the people who aren't really liking Bad Batch that much so far, that it's totally going to change things. I have 100% faith that this is going to just drop the ball. Not drop the ball. Oh my god. Just. I don't know what expression I'm looking for. Knock the ball These out of the park. Four episodes, knock the, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. It's going to knock the ball out of the park. It's going to be so good. I can't wait. Yeah, me too. I think I think it's going to be just like Clone Wars Season 7 where the ending was some of the best of that, that season. Yeah. <laughs> well, with that being said, I do want to keep moving in our topics here. Um, we're a little bit over time. Um, are you guys able to still keep going for a little bit? Yeah. I, I can I can knock out what I have to talk about in like three minutes. If we could all just talk about Me those too. last three things we have to talk about, give us like three well, four I, minutes. Oh, we can I, I did I did want to quick touch out. on Rick and Morty first, and then do that. Oh sure, yeah. Okay. That's fine. So so let let's quick touch on Rick and Morty, Carter. Um, so we, we talked a little bit about this off air, but so four episodes out so far. I thought the first three episodes have actually been really good. I've yeah. really been enjoying the first three. Episode four yep. is a clear downtrend. Uh, like a, a much much. Much much worse, I would say, than the other the, the other three episodes. Um, clearly, the the least interesting episode of the season. Um, yeah. I think you're a little bit more critical of it than I am, uh, personally. Uh, while this isn't clearly not as good as the other ones, I still think this is just a classic. Pardon me, a classic Rick and Morty episode, where it's kind of just um, weird, zany, ridiculous, mm-hmm. and dumb, and they're just doing something like you could have never predicted that they would do, and then. You know, like, and then they move on into another episode. So yeah. I kind of, kind of filler, you know. But, but I still thought it was, it was ridiculous, and that, that's really what Rick and Morty is to me. The, the way, the way that I've kind of seen it is, yeah, it does feel like classic Rick and Morty, but that's why I feel like it doesn't really work as well. What, what we've been kind of seeing with this new season of Rick and Morty is that they've been doing this for four seasons now. It's, it started to get old. I think, I, I mean, I definitely really noticed it in season three. It just felt stale. It didn't feel fresh. With the first three episodes. You, it's Rick and Morty. You never know what direction they're going to go. But in the first three episodes of this new season, it just—it's not a direction you didn't think that they would go. It's a direction that nobody in their right minds would think they would go and would think would work. It's something totally out of left field. Like the first episode, Rick invites his nemesis over for a dinner. Morty wants to like get with Jessica, so he has to age this wine and starts a time war with this different race from a different dimension or something like that. It, 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 it sounds awful in theory, but because you have Dan Harmon and this incredible team behind Rick and Morty, it works so perfectly. This episode has a funny setup, but the rest of it is just, it's what you would have expected really. And it's just not that interesting in my opinion and wasn't really that funny. Yeah. I, I think so as well. I, I do, I do, um, 
I don't want to be too harsh on this season because I the three, first three episodes have really been some of the best episodes I've ever seen yeah, of Rick and Morty. Definitely. So I, I'm really hoping that this is kind of just a blip on the radar here, and then we keep moving on, and for the rest of the episodes in this season, and they kind of return to form, and we see one of the best seasons of Rick and Morty we've seen in a while. You know, oh, I, I'm really, sure. I really do think yeah. it's going to turn into that, but but definitely yeah. a little bit underwhelming from this last episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with that being said, I, I do want to talk about what Ricardo was just talking about beforehand. We kind of have all our three little topics, so I'll tee them up. I'm going to talk a little bit about Gossip Girl. Unfortunately, Gabby's not here to talk about it with me, but trust me, this is not the end, all right? It'll be Gossip Girl till the end of time, all right? It's never going to stop, you guys. And Carter and Max are not happy about this news, but but, <laughs> but um, so I'll talk, I'm going to talk a little bit about Gossip Girl, and then Max can talk a little bit about his review for Escape Room, and then we'll end with Carter talking about his review for Space Jam. Uh, and then we'll wrap up the episode with that. Being, with that, so uh, I'm gonna go on my quick little tangent here about Gossip Girl. So so far, episodes are releasing every Thursday. You got episode one and two out right now. Um, I I don't remember exactly what their plan is, but I believe they're gonna do half the season, and then they're gonna take a little bit of a break, and then do the other half of the season. I think that's what they're doing. Not 100% confirmed on that. Um, but so far, only two episodes out. The drama has been kind of ridiculous. Um, it's hard to compare this show versus the original Gossip Girl. The original Gossip Girl, it was revealed who Gossip Girl was at the very, very end. Literally the last episode of a six-season show. And even then, the writers said they didn't know who Gossip Girl was until the end of season five. So the first five seasons, basically, they had no idea who this character was. So they were writing this character, they were talking about this character, the whole show is based around this character, and they didn't know who it was. So it makes the reveal very poor. It's Gossip Girl is notorious for having a, a very poor reveal on who, the, who Gossip Girl actually was. Now, with that being said, um, Gossip Girl in this new show, it's revealed in the first episode. It's the teachers. The teachers are Gossip Girl, and, and Kate Keller, the main teacher, the, the students are kind of bullying the teachers with their wealth and power, and teachers notoriously are underpaid. So the students, who are rich trust fund billionaires, kind of dominate the teachers, so the teachers rebel by posting gossip about them to kind of take them down a little bit and kind of gain respect. It, it, it's Max is not happy about this storyline, but but it is, it is ridiculous. Um, so it's very weird comparing the, the two shows. I mean, they're both Gossip Girl but this is a lot different. There's clear parallels between um, different characters like Julian and Obi, um, their relationship in the first episode and then eventual breakup in the second episode, which is very, you can see that from a mile away. It's very reminiscent to the beginning of Gossip Girl, the original show, where Blair, um, kind of like the, the, the number one top dog, the queen, I, I, the queen bee at, at Constance, um, was she broke up with, uh, well, well, Nate broke up with her, just like Obi broke up with Julian. It, it's very similar. Um, a lot, a little bit of recycled stories, I guess, but they're trying to draw comparisons and parallels, I assume. Um, so far, it's a little bit weird. It's a little bit more sexual than I would have liked. Um, Gossip Girl always has an element to that, but it's not so in your face. Um, so far, it's been very in your face with a lot of the things like Audrey and Aki have the relationship has been really weird. And, um, like, Audrey, so you're not I, liking it? yeah, not, not particular. Like, I don't know. It's okay. It's okay. I, I want to see more, but, but, um, I'm not, I'm not liking it as much as I hoped I would have. It just weird scenes like Audrey and Aki are, are hooking up like they're dating. So, so they're hooking up together and, um, 
while they're being intimate, um, Audrey can no longer think about him. She has to think about his best friend. So she's at a party in a back room looking at his best friend to, to be to, to be in the mood while she's actually being intimate with her boyfriend. So it's it's very it's very um, hard to watch. It's very weird to watch. At this time, these are high school students. You're really selling it. So <laughs> yeah. So go Man, watch let Gossip. Let me tell you exactly what I'm doing when we're done with this podcast. I'm loading up HBO Max. I'm putting on Gossip Girl. Oh my god. Oh my so gosh. if you're looking for something that is just the most out of left field drama, some sometimes you just want drama. Sometimes I just want to gossip, dude. This is just not 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 that often, if I'm being honest. But but sometimes um, drama is interesting. Just a ridiculous drama no. is fun. And there's a reason why people watch stupid shows like The Real Housewives of, you know, whatever, or yeah. like The Bachelor yeah. Bachelorette, because like, it's ridiculous. It's insane. Yeah. And that's basically what this show is. This is just complete insane juice, you know, stuck yeah. right into your arm. So, um, you know, one episode a week is about enough for me. And so far, <laughs> so far, the show, the show is OK. I do prefer the original. But um, but yeah, so, so that's that, you know, um, Max, so far, what has been. What were your thoughts of uh, your review for Escape Room? Yeah, so this uh, two movies are coming out this weekend, and Cara and I each at least seen one of them. So this is, it actually works out. So the first one is called Escape Room Tournament of Champions, which is the sequel to the 2019 Escape Room movie, which came out in January. The reason why we have a sequel is because the first one was its budget was nine nine million dollars, and it made 150. So that means sequel. The movie was clearly setting up a sequel. And sadly, it's copy and paste of the same movie. So I didn't like the first movie. I definitely did not like this movie. Uh, we have two characters who are back from the first movie who escaped the first escape room. And they are trying to, there's a conspiracy theory about who is, who created the escape room because it's killing people left and right. So these two kids are going to New York to figure this out, but they, they get stuck on a train with four other people who have already done their own escape rooms with these with this company and already have survived. That's why it's called a tournament of champions. I don't know why it's called that. A character in the movie literally says, what is this, a tournament of champions? I couldn't believe that was a line of dialogue in the movie. My entire theater started cracking up. Uh, they said the title in the most cheesy way because no one would think that. Like if if I'm stuck, if I, if I went in an escape room, I'm stuck with five other people who also won, I wouldn't be saying tournament of champions. That's not the first thing that comes to mind, but that is a line of dialogue that is said at the movie. It's in the trailer, so they obviously <laughs> thought it was a good line. It's in the trailer. So it's not the six characters who have all uh, done their own escape rooms, but now they're stuck doing another escape room to see who they guess, who, whatever it is. You don't care about any of the characters. They're not, they're just people. You're just watching for an hour and 25 minutes. People do escape rooms that are life or death situations. And it's actually a great concept if they actually cared about the characters. And it would be, it would be really intense, some of these escape rooms, because the actual rooms are actually pretty cool. But because you don't care about the characters, and clearly the writers don't, because characters will die and then they're never talked about for the rest of the movie. So, it's that, and just like the first one, it sets up another movie, and you're kind of like, why? Why are we setting up another movie? And really the last, and also you want to ask is, do you have to see the first movie to see this movie? You don't, because the first five minutes of this movie is like, last time on Escape Room, because it literally <laughs> does a highlight reel of the first movie. So they clearly think no one saw the first movie, so they do a highlight reel of the first movie. 
wow. in the first act of the movie. And then it's just escape room the rest of the way. So I personally didn't like it. I hope it doesn't make enough money to make another one. But it's it's only a $15 million budget. So it only takes $30 million to make money off the movie. So it's going to make another movie. I don't know why, but they're going to do another one. That's all I'm going to say. You know, all, I have to say all I have to say about that is... <laughs> So, so you can go out and make Escape Room Two, but we can't get a sequel to Ready Player One. Help me! Uh, you know okay. why? Because, because, you know why though? Because Escape Room is made for nothing. As I said, the yeah, first exactly. one was Tiny a budget. nine million dollar budget. Yep. It doesn't like one hundred fifty million dollars is not a lot of money. But when you when you have a nine million dollar budget, it's a massive mm. hit. Yep. So that's exactly. why these movies get made. Because they make it on the cheap, yeah. and they get it back, and they can make more of them on the cheap yeah, and make I, it back. I, I saw a YouTube clip for Ready Player One, and my entire my my entire uh, memory of watching that movie just flooded back, you and should, I wanted a sequel you, so bad. You should watch the trailer for Escape Room Two just to see the characters say, "Is this is this the tournament well, champion?" Oh I want to see that so bad. I, I will take any opportunity I have to take a fat dump on Suicide Squad because that's literally what happens in Suicide Squad. Will Smith yeah. walks on. What are, what are we? Some kind of Suicide Squad? Come on! Yeah. That is the worst thing you yeah. can do. There's in so any much movie. intentional oh laughter. There's so much unintentional laughter in my that's theater. That's so funny. So that's amazing. I might yeah. actually watch this movie now. Like. You should. Have oh fun. It's only God. an hour twenty-eight. It's only an hour twenty-eight. Yeah. But it's not rated R, so there's no violent kills. They just get killed wow. off screen. So if you like that type of movie. Well, what do you guys think? The MCU, Star Wars, and the Escape Room franchise. Where, where, yeah, do they, where do they stack up? Max said he has all the lists for all the franchises. Where does this stack <laughs> in the Escape Room cinematic universe? They both suck. I, they're the same <laughs> movie. They're the same movie. It's copy and paste. It's so bad. The ERCU? The Escape oh. Room? Oh, Cinematic. Well, I changed games in my don't, universe. Don't throw it out there. I don't. The ERCU. It's the ERCU. Because <laughs> I know if there's a third one, I have to see it, and I don't want to see yeah. another one. Just don't put that in the atmosphere. You know. We need a prequel movie. Why did they no, start making escape rooms? Why? Yeah. Where, where did the escape room come from? Do they ever delve into that in the films? They there's wow. a there's a company that does it, and they still haven't figured out who does it. Still. In the I want to learn movie. about the company. Oh my yeah. god. Give me my spinoffs. All right, well, yeah. we got to stop talking about Escape Room. My brain's going to explode. Mine is. I saw the movie yesterday. <laughs> you, know, you, know what, you know what really made my brain want to explode? Perfect uh, segue. Space Jam, A New Legacy. Um, nice one. If, if you've seen any recent advertisements for Space Jam 2, A New Legacy, congratulations, you have seen Space Jam 2, A New Legacy. It is the exact movie that you would think it would be. It you can't. I don't like the argument that, oh, you can't, fault it for this blank because it's a kids movie there's plenty of kids movies that are still great movies that can be enjoyed by anybody and especially when you have a movie that's about basketball and a basketball star you would think that the movie would also appeal to anybody over the age of like five or six not space jam 2 a new legacy um it is it really feels just empty this feels like a shell of a movie it doesn't feel like somebody had a unique idea for a sequel to space jam it feels like someone at warner bros saw that people in the last couple of years, Space Jam has skyrocketed because all the kids who really enjoyed it in the 90s are adults now, and there's a huge presence on the internet of that. So it blows up on the internet. People want a sequel to Space Jam, and it you just decide to make it because of money. And that's exactly this whole movie. You can just tell Warner Bros. is just making this with the desire to make money. This movie is – it's literally – remember this? 
oh, but look, 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 it's in our movie. Remember this? Look, it's in our movie. It just feels like Warner Bros. trying to shove things down your throat. Just remember this? Oh, well, it's in this, so you have to like this movie. I don't know. It just was boring to me. I didn't really care for any of the characters. You really, really, other than any Warner Bros. characters, the only characters you get to know are LeBron James, his son, and Don Cheadle, who is the villain and the best part of the movie, which still isn't saying that much. Um, but out, out of all of those characters, I didn't really care for any of them. I had... I, I maybe it's just because I'm not a basketball fan. I don't watch basketball. So maybe that's why I didn't enjoy this movie that much. But I will say that the parts of the movie that I did enjoy the most are the parts that involve basketball. When they're actually playing basketball are probably the best parts of the movie. But it, it, the characters are not really relatable or enjoyable. The plot is exactly what you would have expected it to be, which, I mean, you can't really fault it for. It's Space Jam. What else are they going to do? And it just yeah. feels... The, the, what it really reminded me of was Ralph Breaks the Internet. Ralph Breaks the Internet felt like, like Disney it. being like, you, you, wait, did you say you did like it? I like Ralph Breaks the Internet, yeah. I, I think it's fine, but a lot of the movie just felt like Disney being like, look, remember all this other Disney stuff? Look, we own Star Wars now and Marvel. That's that's how most of this movie felt. At Wreck-It Ralph, at least, I still cared for the characters in the movie. The first Wreck-It Ralph oh. movie's great. Ralph Breaks the yeah. Internet, I didn't really like that much, but I still enjoyed pretty much anything with Ralph and um, Vanellope Von Vanellope. Yeah, they're right. interesting characters. Can I ask a question about Space Jam? Sorry, what? Can I ask you a question about Space Jam? Because I want to yeah. ask you a question. I'm a very big Zendaya fan, and I knew that she was going to do um, Lola Bunny, because mm -hmm. that's a lot of controversy. Is Lola Bunny in the movie that much? Perhaps the care about Zendaya? The Looney Tunes themselves are not in that much of the movie. What? I, I, well, okay, they're in it, but they don't really do anything. I'd say you get, like, one or two scenes with all of the bigger Looney Tunes characters that aren't Bugs Bunny. Like, Bugs Bunny is in plenty of it. Bugs Bunny is in plenty of the movie. But, like, Daffy Duck, uh, Lola Bunny, like, the bigger Looney Tunes characters that you would want to see plenty of, they really only have, like, one or two major scenes, if that, like, major moments. Every, everybody else gets their kind of, like, shining part. Like, the, the only part in the movie that made me laugh and I thought was kind of clever had to do with uh, Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote. Um, but, it, 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 but it was just that. It was just, like, one little cool moment that they had, and then they weren't really in the rest of it at all. But that was – I, I, I want to talk to you guys after you do see this because you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about because it's the only thing they do in the whole movie – just when you see the thing with Wiley e. Coyote and Roadrunner, I just thought it was like cute, funny, and clever. It just also, it felt like something the, out of Looney Tunes. I also heard that the LeBron family stuff is awful. It's, is that true? Yeah, it's bad. That's all no, I've been hearing. The LeBron it's, family stuff. Literally, I I just do, do want, they have right other now, NBA players other than LeBron in the movie? Don't spoil I mean, it. No, I I don't. Do you I won't answer are? it. Okay. Do you even know who they are? It's, it's nobody that I would recommend. Okay, that you. You would know who they are. Okay, they look. They this isn't a spoiler. The opening credits is like a montage of LeBron James's career, and that's really the only time you see other uh, players. Um, wow. For the most part. Okay. Lovely. Which is all I'll say about that. I was gonna make another point, and I'm kind of forgetting about it. Oh no. Okay, I want you to think about both of you. Just name a movie where there is a father-son dynamic, and like just the like a conflict between a father and a son. Just name a movie. Any movie. Guardians 2. 
haven't I, don't, I haven't seen it. I don't know. But what I'm <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is that the father son dynamic in this movie is the most overused plot oh in any movie ever. I it's mean, the, too. the same thing every time. Okay, well <laughs> that's a different example. Peter Quill's father's a living. Yeah, that's planet. why I said Guardians too. Oh, oh, I, oh, I misheard you. I no, no, it's all good. I, I was gonna say like you didn't see that, but <laughs> no, of course it's all Guardians. Yeah, I know. I was like... We were just talking about how I saw it opening. Night. Yeah, yeah. You so know, I was Guardians like, I was like, okay. Oh, stop, stop. You, you love Guardians anyway. too? Yeah, that movie oh, is that movie Guardians is average too. at best. I yeah. love Guard. Okay, I love Guardians. It's so ridiculous. Okay, the... look. It's, it's ridiculous, but it's fun. <laughs> okay, we're, we're getting off on okay. a whole new tangent. It hits me, personally. We have to. We have it to. Hits, you know why? It hits me really hard. I have really to hard. say it. I have to say it. I have to say it. Because the first movie, I love the death. Like, I love the first yeah. Guardians. The second movie is like, hey, you want to tell a joke? Hey, you want to tell a joke? Every scene. Every scene. Okay, no, look. That's every line but, of dialogue. Guardians, Guardians 1, two. 9 James out of 10. Style of Guardians comedy. 2, 7. No, no the, lower than the that. Six. Guardians, Guardians 2 works for me so well because it develops characters like crazy. Like, first Guardians, we really only get development for Peter Quill and Gamora. Second movie, whole bunch of development for Peter Quill. Whole bunch of development for Gamora. Whole bunch of development for Rocket. A bunch for Yondu, who's a character that didn't even really need developed. Yondu wouldn't have even needed to be in this movie. And they... Well, he's a huge part in the movie in the end, but they could have made a Guardians 2 without Yondu in it. Not the same movie. They could have made one without him in it, and people probably wouldn't have really even batted an eye. But Yondu's probably either the or the best or the second best part of the movie. Um, we get a little bit of development for Drax, and even like with Mantis, like you see sort of like... I, I, it just fleshes out everybody so much better. It ties perfectly into the first movie. Peter never knew his father. He gets to meet his father. See all of that. At like conclusion, Yondu's character, Guardians Two, is one of my favorite I Marvel think, movies. I think we're Rowan, talking about I making think... a list. Guardians Two is going to be in my top five, maybe top three. I'm saying it right what? now. Yeah. Ronan and, for and, me is Ronan's a better villain than Ego. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Ronan oh my God. Yeah, you're right. For. They're Ronan both does trash. You know why, That's Ronan? the point, bro. That's the point. You know They're both trash. He said, he said no to Thanos. Like, he said, I'm going to do my own thing. Screw you, Thanos. No. I'm going to do my own thing. Ego is a planet, and he has a dumb CGI action. Did, yeah, have, you guys, no, have you guys seen all the comparisons no, listen, between no, Ego no, 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 Jacob, and Jacob, uh, Jacob, the guy Jacob, from Jacob, Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> you can dislike Guardians 2 as much as you want. But there's no possible way that Ronan is a better villain than Ego. Yeah. Specifically because no, no. And and here is the prime reason why. Guardians one and Guardians two. Okay, it's an ensemble movie, but your main character is still Star Lord, Peter Quill. There's no there's no conflict between Ronan and Star Lord other than the Power Stone, which is literally just a MacGuffin for the movie. In Guardians two. The conflict between the main character and the villain is not just that, oh, he was his father, like, he wasn't there for them, like, and, and Ego's also a twist villain, everybody knew he was going to be a villain, but it kind of works like that because you understand why Peter ends up hating him so much, because he killed his mom. Peter literally killed millions the, of people. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Like, no, listen, there's, the whole, there's no, nothing listen, built up with him and his mom, no, so it doesn't matter. Yes, yes, there. Oh my God, yes, there is. The whole reason Star Lord was even taken, the whole reason Peter Quill was taken from Earth in the first place, is because his mom died and Yandu came to take him. 
if yeah, if we get that in a thirty-second flashback, like ego is ego made <laughs> Star Lord. Ego is what made Star Lord. Star Lord wouldn't exist if it wasn't for ego. Me, if me Peter Quill boy. was just a normal. He's the, yeah, you're, you're right. Star, Star Lord's main per, main personality right, right, trait is right. his ego. You're right. <laughs> yeah, we just talked about. We were talking about Black Widow, where our main villain just tells exposition. Okay, but ego's whole point in the movie, he literally goes through a whole slideshow of his whole life. He literally just yells exposition, and then he turns not, out and, to be. And those fla- those flashback scenes in Black Widow that are like only a little bit, and they're like that's supposed to carry the whole movie. Dude, it's like the same thing. Like the flashbacks in Guardians were literally so minuscule. And also carry the movie though. They're not meant to carry the movie. Goes, yeah, no, but, but the, that's the whole plot. Like him and his mom. Like he separated from her, and that, now no, he's on this whole thing. The, like it's supposed to be like the whole backbone, and it's there for like thirty. No, seconds. it's not the backbone at all. It's just a little bit of explanation. There, there's literally like two major flashback scenes in both of the Guardians movies, and both of See, them I'm are the open. I'm no, I'm, I, I'm talking to Jacob right now. I'm talking to Jacob oh. right now. Oh, bro. No, I, no, I definitely get your guys' point about the slideshow that Ego goes through. It's really not great storytelling. I feel like it's necessary just so you understand him. But I, I agree, it's not great. I will defend the flashback scenes, though, because they are not the backbone of the movie at all. You need to know that Quill had a close connection with his mom and that she died. So the opening scene of the first movie, we watch her die. You need to understand that Ego was with his mom and literally, like, is the reason that's his dad. So that's why the first scene is there. So you know that because it in guardians two, if ego shows up in the movie and he's like, I'm your dad, Peter, a bunch of people are just going to be like, maybe he's lying. This, that that's takes away that possible argument in the movie that he could be lying because you see that literally from the beginning of the movie, he cannot be lying. It is undoubtedly that he is star Lord's father and it, it just it. It works Peter, out. I watched oh. it last week, actually. Peter doubted it, and Gamora is the one who told him to go. He didn't want to go to Ego's planet. Gamora is the one who said, this is this is your father, let's go. It was not Peter. I literally just watched it last week. Okay, well, maybe maybe thing. I'm wrong then well, and there, but I still stand by that Ego is one million times better, a, one million times a better villain, Ronan's especially for good. the Guardian specifically, than Ronan. Well, well let, let's just let's just at least agree on the best version of Groot is adult Groot. So like, come no, on, what come on. The, the best version of Groot is by far okay, adult no, Groot no, yeah, baby from Groot. Guardians no, One. No, baby Groot. Baby nah, no, baby Groot was lame. No, baby Groot is so funny teenage. and perfect. I don't like teenage, teenage. Groot that much. I love he curses the whole time. It's great. The the best thing from Teenage Groot was from the post credit scene in Guardians yeah. Two. Yeah. But no, but but Teenage Groot when he's actually in Infinity War and the end of Endgame. Does pretty much nothing. Baby yeah. Groot is better than teenage. No, adult Groot is a baller. Adult Groot, is the, adult Groot is best yeah. Groot. But hey, no, Rocket, but that, Rocket, that post-credit scene is very funny. Rocket oh. is my favorite character in the MCU, so I'm just gonna say that before we. Oh yeah, I could totally <laughs> see that. Rocket, Rocket's one of my favorite characters too. Mine's probably Star Lord, just because, like, I don't know, I kind of relate to him, like the music and everything. I don't know. Yeah. Plus, tight connection That's with your fun. mom. Love my mom. No connection with my dad. See, me and Star Lord were. <laughs> This is why I like Guardians 2 so much. It's Fair a movie enough. that hits close to me. Most Fair overrated, enough. in my opinion, by far. Most overrated well, Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Jeez. But with, that, with that being said, I think we should wrap up the episode here. We are 26 minutes over, so yeah, <laughs> a little bit this more than I would have liked, but this is what happened. Lauren and Gabby keep us in check. That, that is absolutely <laughs> true. We just we nerd out and go on our own tangent. Wars and You're absolutely right. Well, with that being said, we are going to have a ton of stuff going on in our next episode. Definitely more Gossip Girl. 
Absolutely, never oh. letting that go. Definitely more Rick and Morty, definitely more Bad Batch. What were you gonna say? Two seconds. Uh, coming yeah. out this week in theaters, guys, uh, well, obviously Escape Room 2 and Space Jam is this week. Next week is Snake Eyes and um, Old, which are the two pretty big movies coming out this week. So we'll also have reviews for that coming the next couple of weeks. Absolutely, absolutely. And one of these days, we're going to get together soon and we're going to do our whole MCU movie ranking, all right? That's going to happen. Yeah. I promise. We're, we're going to figure that out, all right? Well, with that being said, we'll see you guys in the next episode, all right? Peace. <laughs>